The government-funded research group, which counts former Trudeau senior staff Gerald Butts as one of its key players, claims Canadians are becoming more polarized, particularly on the right, and that the country is heading towards political instability. After hundreds of travelers were stranded over the holidays, the Conservatives and the NDP are calling for an urgent committee meeting and is calling for Transport Minister Omar Agabra to testify. The U.S. government has extended its COVID-19 vaccination requirement for air travelers until April 10, 2023, which means millions of Canadians remain prohibited from entering the U.S. for having chosen not to receive a COVID-19 shot. Hello Canada, it's Friday, January 6th, and this is a True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Harrison Faulkner. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Canadians are becoming more polarized and the country is heading towards political instability, according to the government-funded research group Eurasia Group. The group, which has received nearly $1.5 million in funding from the Trudeau government since 2017, released its report titled Top Risk 2023, and writes that Canada is facing contagion from the United States as both countries see a declining trust in traditional media sources. The report points to last year's Freedom Convoy that, quote, ostensibly protested COVID-19 vaccination mandates as a turning point that had deepened polarization and regional antagonism in Canada. The report made no mention of the role of divisive and inflammatory comments Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made regarding those opposed to mandatory vaccines and how that played in furthering the polarization of Canadians. In addition to receiving funding from the government, Eurasia Group employs former Principal Secretary to the Prime Minister. That's Gerald Butts, who now acts as the Vice Chairman and Senior Advisor at the organization. During the Ottawa protest, Butts claimed that the Conservative movement in Canada, quote, staged a hostile takeover. Butts also claimed that, quote, Trumpian ideas took root in Canada. Harrison, you have to laugh a little bit at this report. It's obviously so targeted at conservatives and clearly brought up so many examples of how the Freedom Convoy was a terrible thing without having the government take any responsibility for its actions. We know that Gerald Butts wasn't a fan of the Freedom Convoy. Of course, he's going to continue to prop up Trudeau. Do you think this is just another attempt to demonize the Freedom Convoy? Well, absolutely. If you're not going to make any mention of the Prime Minister's divisive comments during the Freedom Convoy period, which have not only tarnished his reputation in Canada, but across the world, then obviously this is this is a, a report that is slanted and targeted at the Freedom Convoy. This is just another attempt, yet again, to demonize the Freedom Convoy. And it's not very surprising when the chairman of this group, the, the senior advisor of the organization, is Gerald Butts, the former principal secretary for Justin Trudeau. Again, to try and link this to the United States, to, 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 then, to, to then say that the Freedom Convoy, um, you know, drove divisive and uh, political instability in the country, again, without mentioning anything that the government has done on their part to amplify that and to stoke those fears, well, clearly this is this is a biased report and this is designed to try and appeal to one set of Canadians and uh, not really all of us. The other thing I find kind of lazy is when political pundits refer to the U.S. and say Canada is becoming like the U.S. and we should be afraid, as we see in this report and also with Butts' quotes where he said Trumpian ideas are taking root in Canada. 
Canada and the U.S. are very different. The cultures here are very different. The people here are very different. Anyone who travels frequently between the two countries can quickly see that. So I just find it lazy when, you know, political pundits and people like Butts just kind of refer to conservatives as becoming like Americans, becoming Trumpian, who hasn't been the president for quite a long time now. But of course, everything bad that happens is still Donald Trump's fault. When is this obsession with the former U.S. president going to stop or is it ever? Well, I don't really think it is ever going to stop because it's just too useful for a lot of people on that side of the political debate. Like you said, it's a very lazy uh, comparison to make, but it's one that is going to be made for many years to come, Rachel. It's not something that I don't think is going to all of a sudden stop just now in this year. It's, it's very easy for them when you have a figure like Donald Trump in the United States who represents one side of the political debate in that country, of course, and he himself is a divisive figure, of course, it's very easy for Canadians to then just point to him and say, well, we don't want that, and anyone who we disagree with is just like Donald Trump. It's it's going to be one of those things that we're just going to have to deal with and we're going to have to read about and see, I think, for many years to come until the next boogeyman comes along, which could be, who knows, could be four or five or you know even six years from now. So I think we've got a long road ahead of us when it comes to these Trumpian ideas and the comparisons with Donald Trump. Opposition MPs are hoping to get some answers from Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra after Canadians traveling over the Christmas break experienced absolute chaos as cancelled flights and trains stranded travellers and airports across Canada saw massive delays. The Conservatives and NDP sent a letter to the Transport Committee's chair requesting a meeting as soon as possible and are calling for an urgent testimony from Al-Gabra. Opposition MPs are requesting that any hearings include a two-hour question-and-answer period with Agabra. The chair of the committee, Liberal Member of Parliament Peter Shefka, is required to call a meeting to consider the written request within five calendar days. Shefka tweeted that he planned to also question the CEOs of Sunwing Airlines and Via Rail. On Thursday, Algabra announced that the government plans to strengthen protections for air passengers, but that was clearly not enough for the opposition. Well, Rachel, we saw unbelievable delays uh, across the transportation sector in Canada during the holiday break. Trains were stranded. Planes were stranded. This is just a continuation, it feels like, of what has been a long pattern over the past few years. Are these disaster travel stories the fault of the government? And is there anything the government can do to address these problems? Of course, when there's a certain weather situation, that's not the problem of the government. The government can't control the weather. That being said, there's a lot the government can do to address these problems. And as you mentioned, they've been going on for the past couple of years. You might remember at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic when all of a sudden flights were just canceled all across the country. And most of those people never got that money back for what they had spent on those flights. And the government didn't do very much about it at all. Now we're seeing the same thing time and time again. Canadians pay so much for transportation in this country. We talked about the rail lines yesterday, but it's the same with airlines. We don't really have any authority over how that money is being used. Once it's spent, we can't get it back, even if the airline screws up, even if the airline has to cancel the flight a lot of the time. So I think the government needs to take action and really sort out the problems within the airline systems, make sure that Canadians are getting a fair deal, making sure that Canadians have access to the flights that they need, and also that they can get their money back when a flight is cancelled for any sort of reason, whether that's a pandemic or a bad weather situation. Now, Omar Al-Gabra has had a heck of a time as transport minister, from the bungling of the COVID mandates in Arrive app to the massive delays at passport offices, and now this. With the rumored cabinet shuffle coming soon, is it likely you think that Al-Gabra holds on to this portfolio? 
I mean, if Mary Ng is going to hold on to her portfolio, I don't know why they would shuffle Minister Algebra. The Liberal government is not very quick to shuffle ministers, even when they're performing at a very low level, as Algebra is, as we've just mentioned. You know, there's been lots of problems throughout the past couple of months. He doesn't seem capable of really handling the job. He's not up for it. I would be surprised if he shuffled out of the role. I really would be. And if he is, he'll just be put into another high-profile cabinet position anyways, where he's likely to perform at a low level as well. So I'm not overly confident that we're going to get the results we need to fix the problems in the industry. The U.S. government has extended its COVID-19 vaccination requirement for air travelers until April 10, 2023, as the mandate was set to expire on Monday. Other Western nations have done away with vaccination requirements for entry, including Canada, making the U.S. an outlier in the developed world. The COVID mandate means millions of Canadians remain prohibited from entering the U.S. for having chosen not to receive a COVID-19 shot. At least 16.7% of the population is unvaccinated, while nearly 20% are not fully vaccinated, meaning they have not received a primary series of at least two COVID-19 vaccines. Last year, the U.S. also extended its COVID-19 vaccination requirement for the land border, requiring Canadians to show proof of vaccination should they wish to cross the border. The mandate also extends to ferry terminals. This is going to cause Canadians a lot of headaches as many travelers often go to the U.S. for business and pleasure. I know a lot of Canadians that aren't vaccinated and they've been telling me they're sure the Americans are going to lift that vaccination requirement soon, but it looks like there's no end in sight. With many Canadians and Americans believing that the COVID-19 pandemic is over, I'm wondering, Harrison, what do you think the rationale is for the extension of this mandate? Well, it seems awfully political, doesn't it? Uh, the vaccine mandate discussion has veered further and further away from science and more toward politics over the past, I would say, the few months. It's it's really become the political issue of the day, and that's why I think the United States is is continuing this. I think we know that there's a significant number of Canadians that are unvaccinated, but in the United States, I would I would argue that that number is likely bigger than what it is in Canada. So of course. It does, it, it does make you ask the question, what is the rationale behind this? What really is the science behind this? Seeming, it seems as though we've all moved past COVID, but again, like I said, this does seem to be more political than medical. As, as many politicians, the U.S. president, Justin Trudeau in Canada, and some of the other Western leaders have really kind of hitched their ride to the vaccine as part of their political messaging over the past few years. This is... this. This rings to me a lot like politics and not so not so rooted in science. Now, when you talk about this being more politics than about the science, it's also worth noting that the U.S.'s southern border continues to allow migrants to enter the country at an unprecedented rate. And that includes many who are unvaccinated. So that just feeds more into this argument that is this really about the science or is Joe Biden taking a page out of the Trudeau COVID playbook? Well, without getting into too much detail in regards to domestic U.S. politics, I think everyone can agree that the southern border issue is, of course, largely driven by politics. If you're on one side of the discussion, you want to take a more lenient approach to the southern border. If you're on the other, you want to take a more hardline approach. And of course, vaccine status, medical status, that that doesn't really come into that doesn't really become a factor when you're dealing with the southern border. So of course, is it really about science or is it really about politics? I think we all know the answer to that, given exactly as you just pointed out, Rachel, that there are probably tens of thousands of people running across the U.S. southern border coming into the United States who are not vaccinated. So Canadians who haven't gotten the jab, well, you're not getting into the United States, and that is just something that we have to reconcile with. Is it really about science 
or is it really about politics? Like I said, I think we all know the answer to that. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.